Sports Pod. I am your host, Trey, and I am excited about the show I have in store for you guys coming up. I'm going to be joined on this show by my boy, Henry. Henry, welcome to the show. Yo, yo. Let's go, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. It's going to be a good one. We are going to talk some... uh, We're going to start off with the legendary, the iconic, I understand segment. And it's going to be a little bit non-traditional today because Henry has some stuff to say. I got some stuff to say, too. And look, I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm not happy. I am not happy with a lot of shit going on right now in sports. So buckle up. Put your seatbelt on. Um, I I think it will be an entertaining, I understand, segment. After that, we're going to wrap up the NBA season. The NBA Finals just wrapped up. Um, and then it is Thursday, October 15th. So um, we got some college football on Saturday. Um, and then we're going to get into some NFL talk, too. So it, it's going to be a good show. Hope you all enjoy. As always, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Chance here for Cody Parkey. Parkey missed oh. it wide. <laughs> Cody Parkey's first miss for the Bears. Excited to use his new toys and chub. Here's Cody Parkey on for a 52-yard field goal attempt in all this altitude. Doesn't matter. Might have had the distance. Missed it to the left. Yard of this year. This was from 46 yards. And the kick by Parkey is no good. Parkey hits the upright from 33 yards away. Not a given anymore. Make that his fourth, a rookie from Memphis. And the extra point. That's two now that have been missed. Season. 41 yards away. And that. Boy, he can hit those uprights, can he? Three times today. the upright unbelievable can you believe this he's hit four uprights today no good looks like it was going to hit the upright at least he didn't doink it right and oh he hits the upright again that's impossible and the eagles run out into the field but there's still five seconds so they've got to get back he does it again Brought back to the spot of a kick. It will be Philadelphia. Did this hit the upright and the crossbar? Bottom line, it doesn't go through upright. It looks like it bounced off the crossbar as well. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, And this guest, 
Um, he is, <laughs> he's from a very cold place. Um, right now it's fall. The leaves are changing colors. It's beautiful across the country, but where he's from, soon enough, it is going to be unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. <laughs> and when you add on, when you add on top of that, that miserable cold, you add on top of your teams just choking. You add on top of all the energy you put in during the summertime. And then you're just hoping that your team will figure it out during playoffs when you're at games, when it's 20 degrees and they leave you hanging. <laughs> it just hits different. Being at a 20 degree game and you, you experience that kind of pain, it just hits different. No one should have to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get 20 degrees in January if you're lucky, man. That wind chill is coming to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it is here. It is here. But, Henry, go ahead, man. Tell us how you feel. What's going on, man? Feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know, talking about Chi-Town. If you didn't know, Chicago. Love the city. Love Chicago. I'm not there right now, but, you know, eventually make my way back up there. Um, so, yeah, football season right now. You know, watching the Bears, you know, having fun because they're winning. But, you know, things, you know how these things go. Uh, it's kind of some smoke screens right now. We'll see how it is later on in the year and everything. But, yeah, let me get into this I understand segment, you know, watching the Bears. Um, been lifelong Bears fan. My dad, actually, one of my earliest sports memories in general, just watching uh, <laughs> my dad had the uh, Super Bowl Shuffle VHS. And watching that with him when I was like nine years old, didn't know what was going on, but <laughs> I just remember seeing Walter Payton and these guys dancing around. It's like a 30 minute VHS. Bears. Yeah, so, you know, 85 Bears is a lot of history. You know, I feel like every Bears fan knows, pretty much any, every NFL fan knows about them because obviously the Bears, the only championship, and they're made to be great and everything. So you hear about that team a lot. The Bears have only known defense for their entire franchise. It's crazy to me. Uh, this franchise, I was looking up some numbers. 101 years, it's 101st year. 27 years, the Bears, in their history, they've been below average defensive scoring-wise. It's crazy to me. This defense has always been really, really good. So watching the Bears from, like, you know, 2003 was the first year I remember I was like 11 years old watching uh, Cordell Stewart <laughs> as quarterback. It was great, <laughs> great time. Right Cordell. There. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> so, yeah, they won like 5 and 11 that year. Just not a good team at all, but um, had a lot of fun watching the Bears grow up. And so when you think about it, this defense, it's it's always been good, but offensively, just not there. Never had the quarterback there. So you had Cordell Stewart, you know, through the years I had to watch, uh, sorry, Chris Chandler, had to watch Brian Greasy, Rex Grossman, Craig Krenzel, like <laughs> the list goes on and on for underperforming quarterbacks. You had 06, you had the Super Bowl season, which – was an amazing year by the defense. Offense was okay. Rex Grossman was out there making mistakes, but you had Thomas Jones running a little bit, Moussa Muhammad doing some things. It was fun. But, you know, the game that sticks out to me is the one against the Cardinals on Monday night, obviously, because the Bears were able to come back and win that game. They were down 20-3. to Rex Grossman had four interceptions and a fumble, five turnovers. 
didn't put up any points offensively outside of a field goal. They had uh, two fumble returns for a touchdown and then a punt return for a touchdown. End up winning that game somehow. In the press conference right after that, Dennis Green said it. The Bears are who we thought they were. Like that, to me, is just the epitome of everything the Bears have been in my life. You know, you always hope that they can be more, but in the end, they are who you thought they were going into the year, you know. Take a case in point, just even last year, 2018, they come off of a really good year. They went 12-4. and four. Offense wasn't that great. It was okay, above average. You know, you think Mitch can, Trubisky can do something um, in his second year with Matt Nagy. Nope, the defense regressed a little bit. Offense completely fell off the shelf, and they're looking at 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, which is still an average year, but going into the year, you know, you're thinking, you hope that they can be better than they actually were, but obviously they are who you thought they were going into the year. So that to me is kind of like the epitome of the Bears. I want to go back um, so we can talk about like the double doink and things like that, which just like general heartbreak to me. 2010 with Jay Cutler in the NFC Championship losing to the Packers. Um, Cutler hurts his knee and is out for the game. That one really hurts as well. I just want to go back to, like, the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers because this frustration for me for the Bears never having a good quarterback is completely, like, juxtaposed, yeah, by the Packers (laughs) going through Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers throughout the years. So Brett Favre has the NFL record for most division road wins in a row. He came into Soldier Field 11 straight years and walked out that building with the W. You know how insane that is? I had to watch that growing up. 11 straight years, right? So growing up in my entire life, our Bears fan was always like Brett Favre, hate Brett Favre, you know, simply because he's a Green Bay Packer, but also would always whoop our ass. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So when he retires, I finally think, the first time he retires, I'm finally like, we got rid of the boogeyman. Like, the Packers aren't going to be shit. Brett Favre comes back into the division with the Viking. I'm like, fuck, we got to deal with this motherfucker again. 2010, the Bears go 11-5. and But one of the games that stands out to me is when they play in Minnesota. Um, they went to Minnesota on Monday night. They actually clinched the division that game. Um, and then they actually, there's a play where Brett Favre got sacked. He had a concussion. He smacked his head on some frozen floor or uh, frozen grass. He got a concussion. That was effectively, yeah. <laughs> that was effectively his last game of his career. Like he was done. He never played after that. So I'm like, we just slayed the big boogeyman. Like this is our guy. Like we just won the division from this game. We're about to be great. Fast forward one month. This man Aaron Rodgers comes into Chicago, NFC Championship. Walks out of Chicago with the W, goes on to win his first Super Bowl. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss for me. And so what that does right there from that moment sets off eight straight years. Aaron Rodgers comes into Chicago and walks out with the W. It's insane to me. It's insane to me that this could happen from one franchise to the other. Like being the Bears being so bad at drafting quarterbacks and the Packers being so good. But then if you look at it, Go back to 2005. So the Bears drafted Rex Grossman in 2003, um, number four overall. Not that great pick. You know, obviously he's a pretty bad quarterback. 2005, 
The Bears had just signed Thomas Jones in the previous year. He has a thousand yard season. The Bears are picking top five again. Rex Grossman has played six games in two seasons. Six games in two seasons, right? This quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers doesn't go number one overall. It's either between him or uh, Alex Smith. The Bears obviously miss out on that pick. They end up picking uh, Chris Benson for some reason. They picked a running back after you just signed a running back who had a thousand yard year. Hook 'em horns. <laughs> pick Chris Brent Benson. Aaron Rodgers gets uh, picked by the Packers, like pick 22, whatever. The rest is history as we know it. And now we're looking at it again. This is history repeating itself, I'm telling you. Uh, the Bears obviously drafted Mitch Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. I'll get into that in a second, right? Over Mahomes and Watson, he plays two years, sorry, three years this time. Doesn't do that great. This year, Bears didn't necessarily have a chance to draft this player, but the Packers, obviously, in the first round, ended up drafting Jordan Love. I'm telling you, man, this is just going to continue the damn legacy of Packers quarterbacks just whooping our ass. Jordan Love is going to be the next one. The second I think we're done with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love is going to be the next one that comes and just breaks my heart as a Bears fan. (laughs) It's insane to me. Well, I have heard that Jordan Love has been trash in preseason camp, so maybe there's hope. You know, I really hope so. I really hope so because three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks would be insane. They need to go through a spell of just trash QB play to even things out. I don't know what type of things they got going on in Green Bay that gets them these good-ass quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. So with Mitch, it's crazy. I was a big Mitch fan, obviously, 2018, 2019. You know, he he's just a likable person. You know, you hear him talk, and he's he says all the right things. He does all the right things, except, like, play well. And it's really hard because, you like, you root for him so much, it's hard to watch him fail. And, obviously, the biggest thing, they picked him over Mahomes, over Watson, and on top of that, traded up to get him with the number two pick. So, to me, it's like, after watching all these years of Bears, like, trash QBs, this is the first time I can say, like, the QB failed on entirely on his own. Like, we did a lot to put him in a position to be successful, but this was just on Mitch. Like, with Cutler, a lot of times he didn't have the right receivers. He didn't have an offensive line. You know, there were different things that could have excused his poor play. But with Mitch, I feel like we're in a pretty good team. You know, you can make a set, make a case that he doesn't have enough playmakers. But I think the offensive line is good enough. I think the coaching itself is good enough. But Mitch just isn't there. Like, the amount of trash offensive coordinators and coaches we've had. This is our first offensive-minded coach since, like, I don't even know, 2000. Or since actually, actually Dicka, I'm pretty sure. Because Dicka was a tight ends coach with the Cowboys before he got hired by the Bears. So yeah. Maggie's like the first offensive-minded coach we've had since, like, forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So, like, Mitch failing, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. You know, it is what it is at this point. And now we're rolling with this year with Foles, and I'll just go back to that Dennis Green comment. Like, the Bears are who we thought they were. Like The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. 
If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is a team that's, you know, they might go like 10 and 6, 11 and 5 if we're lucky. Make the playoffs, win a game, but this isn't a serious Super Bowl contender. You know, the defense is good enough. The offense is going to be dragging around, dragging along, you know. There's actually one thing I forgot to mention about the Bears' history. So 2013 was a year with Jay Cutler and Mark Tressman. The one year the Bears actually set um, team records in yards, passing touchdowns, and I think uh, rushing yards. They There was just like team records across their entire history, which was only like, I think, number eight in the league that year. Not even that good <laughs> offensive numbers compared to the rest of the league. But the one year they had that really good good offense, they set team records in most yards allowed, fewest turnovers, most points allowed. Like, this was the worst Bears defense in history, bar none. <laughs> it's crazy to me that they that could happen. The one year that things were just flipped off, flipped like that. So this is life as a Bears fan, you know? You're going to get... You're going to get a lot of defense, a lot of defense, but offense is going to be that guy you're dragging along. You're only as good as your weakest link, and <laughs> right now the weakest link is the offense. So we'll see. That's, that's how it is, man. You understand. <laughs> I do. I do understand. But uh, I need to clarify a couple of things uh, to just keep consistency here, um, and I want to be respectful as well. Uh, first and foremost, it's Mitchell, not Mitch. Mitch <laughs> <laughs> it's Mitchell Trubisky. I'm gonna call him Mitchell. I'm gonna call him Mitchell. All right. So that's first and foremost. Also, there's a lot of there's way too much happiness in this. You know, you're still you still got a whole a heart full of hope. I can I can feel it in your voice. I can feel it just casually throwing out there. You guys are gonna go ten and five or ten and six, eleven and five. I, I get it. This I get is, it, man. This is best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Best case scenario, we're ten and six, eleven five. I mean, but like, I don't think we're gonna do anything with it. My hope, my hope is we win a playoff game, at least one. But I don't think it's gonna be anything special. Like this is you guys need to get home field advantage. You gotta find a way to win the division first and foremost. Like yeah, but I mean, the way the Packers are rolling right now, that's that's looking unlikely. And uh, just in case the people were wondering, the Bears do play the Packers for the first time on November 29th. Um, and I believe as of right now, that game is scheduled for prime time. So the whole world, the whole world gets to watch Aaron Rodgers go against the Packers. The Packers go to Green Bay. And uh, I hope uh, the Bears wear extra um, pads that night. Um, they need some extra uh, pad like tailbone pads because uh, they're about to get that ass kicked, <laughs> and they're gonna need protection because it's gonna it's a long it's a short ride home but it's a long way home. Yeah, going down think, there. Going down in Green Bay since like 2015 or something. I'm not expecting a W there. Like uh, it's just unacceptable. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has the record against Aaron Rodgers is something crazy like 13 and three. And like the Cavs season off, week 17, uh, the Bears face off against the Packers yet again. So um, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. Um, and uh, I got I want to switch gears a little bit because um, I'm not happy. I said that at the top of the show. I am not happy right now. 
you might be able to hear i'm upset i'm upset i feel like i feel like 2020 um it's like everything that's happened to this point is just doubling down in my sports world like it's just like i'm destined to just have a shit fantasy year i'm destined to have all of my teams losing Uh, (laughs) and I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta talk a little bit about my uh, Miami Hurricanes because I was talking some big shit that we were gonna be able to compete with Clemson, and last weekend uh, it was, it was a dragon. It was yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't, I just don't get it, man. Like you talk about defense, no offense. You talk about defense, no offense, dude. I'm like. Miami's had like the worst offense in college football for two straight years, <laughs> which I just don't understand. Like you live in the the area for people who don't know, South Florida is the most talent rich area when it comes yeah. to NFL talent in the United States. In the United States, and these dudes, I'm I can't take it anymore, man. I'm like I'm tired of talking shit only, only for me to have to go and. Listen, listen to all the people, all the critics tell me they are who we thought they were. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of it, man. The reason I love the Miami Hurricanes is because when I was a kid, I was watching some of the greatest teams of all time. I was watching Ed Reed. I was watching Ken Dorsey, Edron James, Clint Portis, Andre Johnson. The list of Hall of Famers goes on and on. Yeah. It was, I, I, thought, I thought this is how life was always going to be. I truly did. I never would have imagined that in 2002, when we lost to Ohio State in the national championship, I can't stand the Buckeyes to this day. I got family that's from Ohio. I got friends that went to Ohio State. And I just want to say, fuck Ohio State. (laughs) Fuck the Ohio State University. I hope you guys, uh, uh, I'm not even going to go into that. But since we lost that national championship game to Ohio State, I would have never thought that I would have to experience 18 years, 18 years of just straight up trash product on the field, man. Trash product, <laughs> man. Like I, yeah. we can't, we can't get out of our own way in the game against Clemson. We have 15 penalties, 15 <laughs> penalties for 140 yards. How is that even possible? literally every offensive possession in the first half, we had either a false start or a holding on every possession. I don't understand how I'm like everyone who has ever played football, you know, when you're in the huddle, you get the snap count. Everyone knows the snap count. There's no question of like, yo, what is the snap count? Cause if you need to know what it is, you just hit your boy and be like, yo on two. Like, yeah, on two. There's no excuses. There's no there's no excuses for jumping offside and false starts outside of just mentally not being prepared, overthinking. And I'm I just oh man. The season, fortunately, college football, you know, you can lose a game and still be okay. True. But you can lose kinda... one game and still be okay. They're gonna do a, they're doing an ACC championship this year? Yes, they're, they're doing the ACC championship this year. Um, I am not going to go out on a limb and say that we are just going to bounce back and go to the ACC championship after what I saw last week. Um, but 
We, I think my Canes are going to bounce back this week and get a win, but I need to get off that off my chest. And the last thing, the last thing, um, uh, the Falcons just continue to, to just rain on me, to just continue, continue to just fuck up all of my Sundays and Mondays now with this stupid fantasy team. <laughs> oh, my God. Drafting Matt Ryan and Todd Gurley was the biggest mistake I could make. The biggest mistake I could make because I have to pay attention. Quarterback and running back, you gotta watch those games. You gotta be on alert. I'm not you those are your two two of your most important positions every year in fantasy football. And to have to watch have to watch Matt Ryan put up seven fucking fantasy points this weekend. Seven. <laughs> Honestly, seven man. points. I was looking at that game. I have no clue how the Panthers' defense did anything with the Falcons. Like, you're, the Falcons' offense is actually pretty solid. They got playmakers, but I don't understand. I was trying to watch it, and I just didn't see – it just seemed like lack of execution on the Falcons' part. Oh, they're, they're terrible. They're, they're absolutely <laughs> terrible. I think they're 0-5 at this point. Um, yeah. Todd Gurley did have a good game, so thank you for that, Todd. I appreciate it. Um, but um, so we can transition a little bit uh, and go into it is that time of the year. Um, it's firing season. Not only is ho- our holidays coming around uh, soon, people, it- it's time. It's time for people to get on out of these organizations, pack their bags. It's time to go. And the Falcons did announce Dan Quinn um, and their GM, Thomas Dimitrov, uh, got the boot after uh Another terrible start, 0-5 to start the season. And then um, we had one more, right? Did we have another one? Yeah, it was uh, Bill O'Brien. Happened the week before. Oh, yeah. We talked a little bit about Bill O'Brien, but, yeah, he had to go too. Um, (laughs) What do you think about that, dude? How do you feel about, like, mid-season firings? Like, is it best to just cut ties, or or should should, you think teams should just ride that shit out? Definitely no. I definitely think if your time is up, you got to cut ties because – you know, you're trying to build some momentum. I know the Falcons probably won't admit it, but, like, their season's over, you know. Obviously, their players and everything. Yeah. You know, same with the Texans. Their season's pretty much over. But you don't want to admit that to your players. The players don't want to – you need to motivate them. And at this point, like, you need to do anything you can to motivate them, try and get them to play better. And I think taking out the coach is the first step. Bill O'Brien, to me, it was time for him. I don't know. I feel like the Texans have always had a really talented roster since they drafted Deshaun, um, mm-hmm. minus the time he got hurt. But it just seemed like they were underperforming. You know, even last year's uh, divisional matchup with the Chiefs, yes, it was a tough matchup. But going in, like going up twenty-four nothing, I think at one point, and then losing the way they did, just <laughs> I don't know how you recover from that. And obviously, going into this year, you know the well, wheels kind of fall. I understand. <laughs> there's no recovery yeah. there's no recovery from that shit granted the Texans did they started off with a really really tough schedule um, I think they played the Ravens, Chiefs um, and Steelers, and Steelers? Yeah. yeah Steelers and then they played the Vikings who were a playoff team last year yeah exactly so definitely not an easy start to the schedule but you know the moves he was making they made him the GM and he traded away Hopkins for 
David Johnson, which I cannot believe they let that shit happen, man. <laughs> You're the, the owner, owner has to step, step in. in. Yeah, got to. to understand. I mean, even if I'm Deshaun Watson and I even hear this, I'm like, I'm raising my arms up, like, what are you doing? But <laughs> yeah, the, the moves he was making as a GM clearly weren't cutting it. The roster was pretty talented, but that move to me just didn't make any sense. And then obviously the product on the field was lackluster. So it was time. It was time for me because he's always been. He's one of the. He's an offensive coach. And so like even before they had Deshaun Watson, they're out there rolling with like Brock Osweiler and stuff. I don't understand how. Yeah, it was a clown show. They were just it allowing was, that to go on. It was an absolute clown show, and they started off zero four. They got rid of him. They bounced back. They actually won this week at Jags. Yeah, so, they got the Jags. Hey, maybe he maybe he was the problem. He needed to get out of there. I will say this. Uh, I do want to give an update on my free agency. Um, so I, I'm in a little bit of a dilemma here. Um, if the Falcons, uh, now that everyone is gone, I kind of feel like a sense of, uh, of relief. You know, the, the next person that has to go is Matt Ryan. Um, really? You think so? If, if the Falcons find a way, they're 0-5. I need them to continue this shit show. If they want to earn my fanship back, if they want to earn my fanship back, I need them to continue this shit show, and I need to, <laughs> them to find a way to get me Trevor Lawrence. You get me sunshine, I will be back, Falcons. I will be back day one. I will buy a Trevor Lawrence jersey on draft night. If you find <laughs> a way, I need it. If That's the only way. I, I will go back to the Falcons. If, I, if that does not happen... And odds are they're gonna go on like a, a eight game win streak and finish uh, like six and ten or, or not <laughs> eight, and, eight and eight and something um, like that. Did you guys do that yeah. last year? Yes, man. We started one and seven and we finished uh, eight and eight. <laughs> Goodness, brilliant strategy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Let's build some momentum for next draft, year, but please, I would rather <laughs> I would much rather pick at sixteen than pick at four because. <laughs> And then fire the coach who did it the next year anyway. Exactly. Right? I mean, he tried to build up some momentum for next this season, but clearly, oh my god, <laughs> that shit doesn't work. He should have been no. fired. But anyways, anyways, no. So I am really leaning heavy towards joining the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I am. I feel like I never had a choice, man. I never had a choice in my team. My team chose me, and it. Am I going to live the rest of my life in this agony? Having <laughs> do I, or, do, or do I make a decision here? And the re, here's the reason why I'm thinking about joining the Las Vegas Raiders. Number one, my parents are thinking about moving there. And I think okay. they might retire there. So there's Vegas. a chance I'm going to be going to Vegas on a decent basis, right? I already go to Vegas like once or twice a year. And um, who wouldn't want to go to Vegas and watch a football game? So that's reason number one. I can actually – I don't go to Falcons games. There's no reason for me to just fucking fly to Atlanta to just watch the Falcons. <laughs> but if I go to Vegas and we lose, I can still have a good time. It's Vegas. So that's there's a couple reasons. And then also, I really like John Gruden. I like the Raiders brand. I got a lot of black in my wardrobe currently. <laughs> <laughs> And the silver is clean. Like, I got an old school Randy Moss jersey, even yeah. though you don't play there for a hot minute. 
I think I even got a throwback Jerry Rice jersey. So I'm I'm already ready to go. Um, and uh, yeah, it, that's where my heart is leaning. Uh, but it's if the Falcons find team. a way to get sunshine, um, unfortunately, I will be back, Atlanta. <laughs> the Raiders the Raiders have been sneaky good this year. Um I mean obviously that W last weekend against the Chiefs really like opened some eyes, but they've played they beat up on New Orleans uh, their first home game, then they took a couple of L's to good teams in New England and then Buffalo. But then they played Buffalo pretty tough. Um I think they just didn't get it at the end. But the Chiefs last week they were this man, Derek Carr, was throwing the ball left and right. Henry, Henry Ruggs was trying to do his best Randy Moss impression with some of the catches he was making. Man, and Derek, Derek Carr is having a really good year. I just looked at the numbers. He got 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, and one interception. That's that's as good as you can hope for if you're a Raiders fan. So they, you got to be feeling good if you're in Las Vegas. And he's completing 73% of his passes. That's insane. That's, that is really insane. Like, the yeah. running game is there with Josh Jacobs. You know, he's going to – he's your every down back. They got some – Henry Ruggs is there, Renfro, Darren Waller's a legit tight end. Their offense is really solid. Defensively, some question marks, you know, I actually – I couldn't tell you who was in their secondary outside of um that guy who always breaks his Darren collarbone. But defensively, well, we don't even know, but – I think they offensively they definitely have the pieces there. Yeah, I just I just like I like John Gruden, man. I think I've always liked John Gruden. Even when I was a kid and he was coaching at Tampa Bay and he was coaching <laughs> the Raiders. Like for some yeah. reason I always liked John Gruden. And like I missed him on Monday night football so much. Like he was he, he in my opinion, outside of John Madden, was like one of the best like commentators we've ever seen with football. Yeah, yeah. The level of intellect he showed fans in general, you know, I think this is one thing that, like, I think a lot of fans like about Tony Romo. He respects the fans' intellect, you know, and Gruden was the same way. So, like, when they break down plays, they don't try and, like, sugarcoat it. They actually, like, give it to you, like, how they would show, like, one of their players or someone they're coaching up, you know. So, I think the fans respect that. John Gruden, he was the same way with Romo. Um, so that was a lot. That was actually really good. And then obviously you got people like Booger and McFarland, who's actually oh, <laughs> kind of like the opposite. We're not going to, hey, look, look, we're not about to commit no black on black crime tonight. We're going to leave Booger out of this. <laughs> Booger, if you out there, Booger, keep doing you, dog. Look, sometimes Booger, you just got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I got to get better. Yeah. And we're going to leave that as that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of love for Jack Green the commentator, especially like the quarterback rooms he was always doing. You know, those were good yeah, moments. Man. man, I got to go back to that 02 Super Bowl when they played the uh, when they played the Raiders. He was coaching Tampa Bay. Man, I was the biggest Jerry Rice fan growing up, and that Super Bowl just killed me as as a kid. I was like ten years old, trying to cheer for Jerry Rice, and they just got absolutely slaughtered. Rich Gannon is the quarterback for the Raiders. Didn't Derek Brooks. Yeah, they had. I think they had like five turnovers. Ronde Barber. Like that team was stacked. <laughs> it was. And they were just. They were a fun team to watch, man. Like, and look, right now, like I see 
Uh, we're, we can talk more about just general NFL, but like I see from the Raiders something that I hope to see in a team that I'm going to support. Progress. Yeah. It's very simple. Every year John Gruden has been there, they've gotten better. And you can you can see it with your eyes. You can see it in the results. And that's what you hope to see from a competent organization. Like, no, that's, that's 100% true. So, that is 100% true. Um, I do want to ask, uh, since we were talking about firings, um, who is next? Who is next to be fired, in your opinion, in the NFL? You know, I was thinking Adam Gase. Just because, obviously, the Jets, you can't get any lower than 0-5. And, and the way they've looked has just been just been terrible, you know? But honestly, I feel like, I don't know. He he must have something on the owner. Because I feel like the the cause for him to get fired at this point was happened way before that, before this. And, like, everything that's happened, he survived it. He's like the roach you can't quite kill. I don't know. So honestly, I think the next one to get fired is going to be uh, Patricia in with the Lions. Oof, they're sitting one and three right now. Yeah, they're sitting one and three right now. This is third season. Um, I think they went like three and thirteen last year. He's progressively getting worse. You know, they have some winnable games on their schedule, but we'll see if they can get those wins to save his job. But like, I don't understand how they can keep him around if they're sitting there. Uh, week ten, week eleven, and you're two and nine, you know. So oh, I agree. Definitely, definitely that's the one to me. I think Detroit, you know, and I know some Detroit fans that'll probably be very happy about him getting canned. <laughs> as bad if as it's it not, I feel like Adam Gaze is the obvious at this point. The Jets yeah. have to figure something out. They're zero and five. Sam Darnold hasn't gotten better. If anything, he's gotten worse. They just cut the. The, when they signed him, he was arguably the best running back in the NFL, and they did yeah. nothing to utilize him. He had like 800, over 17 games, he had 867 rushing yards, Le'Veon Bell did. That is terrible. This is a guy, this is a guy who had, when he played at Pittsburgh, had over 5,000 rushing yards and 2,000 receiving yards in a matter, in four seasons. Like, this man yep. is a monster. He and they just completely, completely ruined this man. He's averaging, <laughs> he was averaging this season over five games. Le'Veon Bell is averaging 3.3 rushing yards per attempt. Oh that gosh. is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. No. <laughs> you can't win like that. What the fuck are they doing? No. <laughs> I think when you look at these coaches, you got to look at their background and see who they were before – they became a head coach. Like Adam Gase, he's an offensive coordinator for the Broncos and then the Bears. And now you look at what he's done with Sam Darnold and the Jets, and like their offense is complete garbage. So I don't know how you justify keeping him as a head coach. Same with Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator for uh, the Patriots. Yeah, man. And he's been <laughs> the Lions defense hasn't been good since he's been hired. So this it is third this, season. It was the Trent. same way with Dan Quinn. Yep. He's a defensive Trent. coach. And we have the worst defense in the league. Like, yeah. if you, as a coach, you can't maximize your specialty. You can't maximize your specialty. Yeah, then you're useless. Is, exactly. This is exactly, going back to the Bears, this is exactly why the Bears were able to keep Lovey Smith for so long, who I think is actually a good coach. But 
he couldn't hire offensive coordinator for shit, but that's all right because he always put good defenses out on the field, and the Bears were always decently good, and whether they won like eight and eight or like eleven and five. So <laughs> I think you just have to, as a head coach, you have to put you that side of the that side of the field should not be a weakness or part of, as a part of your team if you're going to be a head coach. <laughs> I feel you. All right, so let's do this. Let's get into some NFL talk, and I'm going to do this a little bit different. Instead of going through the games of this week, what I want to do is we are, what, five weeks into the season? So we're starting to see some separation between some of the contenders and the pretenders, right? So I want to do a little segment I'm going to call Real or Fake. So I'm going to name a couple teams, and I want you to tell me if they're real or if they're fake. Which one of these? So if they're fake, are they going to fall off a cliff at some point this season? Are they going to keep this shit up and actually be able to compete for uh, for uh, a spot in the Super Bowl, or even or even just make it second round in the playoffs? Yeah. All right, gotcha. Cool. So, first team on the docket, and this one, I, I'm curious what you have to say about this one because I have my thoughts. Is the L.A. Rams? Mm. They're sitting at four and one right now. They're sitting at four and one, but they had a very close game against the Cowboys. And you got to win close games, obviously. And then they beat down the Eagles, and then they lost to the Bills. Josh Allen came in there and was running all over them boys. And then they were in the (laughs) dogfight against the Giants, and we were just talking about how bad the Jets are. The Giants are even worse. But then they beat down Washington. So, like, it seems like this team, even though they're getting it done, they're a little they're they're all over the place in terms of just weekly consistency. What do you think? Are they real or fake? I'm thinking real. Um, that this year I did not expect this from Jared Goff. Um, he's having like a bounce back year of sorts. Seems like the offensive line is a little bit better. Whatever issues he was dealing with last year, looks like him and Sean McVay got those figured out. Granted, the competition they played hasn't been the best. With like they played Philly, the Giants, and then the Redskins. The NFC East in general is just garbage, and they got all four of those games out of the way really quick. Actually, yeah, they swept the NFC East. They're only four dubs, which is actually really funny. But right. I think I think they got enough to make some noise. Um, obviously, they got to go through Seattle, who looks like gangbusters right now. Um, I but I, I do I do like what the Rams are doing. I think they can make some noise in the NFC. I feel you on that. I'm gonna agree. I think they're real too. I think they're going to they're gonna definitely make a playoff push and they're gonna be a tough out for somebody. Like yeah. Jared Goff is so strange to me because like I don't know why, but my eyes tell me he's not elite. But yeah. <laughs> he finds a way to get it done. Like I, I my eyes tell me every time I watch him, I'm like, there's levels to this shit and he's not like that dude. But for some reason this man is continuing to take this team to the playoffs, continuing to win games. Like he's completing seventy one point seven percent of his passes. He's throwing eight touchdowns, only three picks. Has a pretty good passer rating. Like he's just doing his job. Yeah, yeah. And for all the talk about him having a bad year, bad year last year, he still threw for forty six hundred yards. It's pretty That's incredible. That's a lot of yards. So and obviously the touchdown interception ratio wasn't all there, but I think I think they got whatever. 
Juju, whatever yips, whatever you want to call it from last year, Sean McVay maybe thinking too too ahead of himself with his play calling and stuff. But I think they got it figured out. I like what they've done this year defensively as well. Um, I think they got a chance to compete. All right, cool. All right, next on the list, we are going to go to a place that's not used to being in this position. Their fans right now, they really don't know how to act. I bet they're trying to ask themselves the same question we're asking right now. Are we real or are we fake? The good old Cleveland Browns. <laughs> they're sitting man. at four and one, man. They're sitting at four and they one. Really are. They've won four straight games after getting that ass whooped by the Ravens opening weekend. My goodness. I thought after watching that game, I was like, holy shit. The Browns might not win a game. But Baker Mayfield <laughs> and these boys have come back, and they've played some questionable teams now. So here's the problem. They beat the, the – it's week two. They bounce back. They beat the Bengals in uh, rookie Joe Burrow, 35-30. Then they played the Washington football team. Anybody named the Washington football team, we know is not serious. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they then went on to beat the dog shit, though. Out of the Cowboys. They put up 49 um, points against that sorry-ass defense. They won 49-38. And then this week, the Colts, the Colts are, you know, they're not bad, but they're not good. But they won 32-23. So, like, I, I don't really know how to feel about them because I feel like they haven't – the one team they played that was we know is good, they got destroyed. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I want to say real, but I'm not ready to go there yet. You know, I saw that, like, last year a little bit with them, but I really like what uh, their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, has done. He has implemented this ground game with Chubb and Hunt, and obviously Chubb is hurt right now, but they've been running the heck out of the ball, you know, taking a lot of pressure off Baker Mayfield. So I, I like what they've done, but I'm not ready to go contender party yet. They got a big matchup with Pittsburgh this weekend that'll definitely answer a few few of those uh concerns, whatever they are, but I'm not ready to go contender. They gotta they gotta show me a little bit more. <laughs> I'm not ready to make not ready to uh call Baker Mayfield that guy yet. I feel you. I feel you on that. Like over the last three games, you are right, man. They have ran for, I think, 570 yards, which is just outrageous. But the one one game, it's a little skewed because the Cowboys game, they had 300 yards rushing, but I don't really <laughs> give a fuck. Like, that's, you rush for 570 yards over three weeks, you're going to give yourself a chance to win the game. Yeah, but I mean, Indy's I, actually really – Indy's defense is actually really solid too. So for them to do are. that last week, they had the pick six on Rivers and the safety. You know, Their defense was playing out of their minds. So I mean, defensively they can do make some do some damage like that and run the ball. Like you'll you'll be in a lot of games. Here's my thing, and here's where I think Browns fans, you got to figure something out. As good as they have been running the ball, Baker Mayfield, he his quarterback rating is eighth in the league, so that's not bad. But he's completing, dude, he's. The last couple of games, he's completed like 59% of his passes. For the season, he's completing 61% of his passes. He has four interceptions, nine touchdowns, only 976 yards, which is 25th in the league. They have been running the ball, so like you can take that number with a grain of salt, but he has no games this year where he's thrown for over 250 yards. And yeah. last week, he had 37 passing attempts. 
37 passing attempts and you don't throw for 2150 yards like you are dinking and dunking you are checking down every time the two games the two games he's had to throw the ball i just haven't seen it man like i i don't know I don't know how I don't I think this team will go as far as he takes them in terms of his development. Yeah. I don't think you're just gonna be able to line up Tennessee Titans style like they did last year yeah. and run the ball through everybody. Yeah. So I think the Bear or the Browns, excuse me, um, I'm gonna go and say the Browns are fake. And I'm gonna say that for two reasons. The division that they're in is absolutely ridiculous. It is. They have to play Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and they have Pittsburgh this week. That division is no fucking joke. And they're, in my opinion, I just don't see how they're going to beat. They're not, I don't think they're going to beat Baltimore. I, yeah. I don't think they have an answer for Baltimore. And I don't see how they're <laughs> going to beat Pittsburgh twice. And in order to win this division, you're going to have to find a way to beat those two teams. And I think they might lose four games to those teams. So That's, that's entirely likely. But I think they might be able to sneak in the playoffs simply because it's seven teams. So, like, Agreed. nine and seven might be able to get you there. But I, I'm with you. Like, Baker Mayfield is going to have to win them a game, maybe two games. Maybe even starting this week with Pittsburgh. We'll see how they match up um, their offense matchups against Pittsburgh defense. But their schedule is favorable. I will say their schedule is favorable. They play Steelers uh, this upcoming week. Then in two weeks, they play the Raiders. But outside of mm. that, they play the Titans, and then they play the Steelers again. Everyone else on their schedule, this is wild when you look at this. It almost doesn't look right. <laughs> they have one, two, three, four, five. They have five games, five out of their next. How many games is that total? Um Five out of the next uh, 11 are against teams that have won one game or less hmm. to this point in the season. They're, gonna play, uh, they're playing the NFC East. So. Yeah, they got the Jets. <laughs> they got the Giants. They got the Jaguars. They got the Eagles. Like they're, They got yeah. the Bengals again. There's going to be opportunities for them to win games. So I, I agree with you. I think they are going to find a way to sneak into the wild card. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, no. <laughs> as long as they don't step on their foots too much, and I think uh, their head coach is smart enough to know what they do well. So I think they'll they should win enough to get in. But in terms of making noise, being true contenders, I don't see it until Baker Mayfield has to show me something. You know. So you're going real. I'm gonna go fake with the Browns. The Browns. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're gonna miss the playoffs. Um, mm. <laughs> all right, next one. <laughs> Next one on the list is the Buffalo Bills. Mm, Buffalo. Who is uh the Buffalo Bills? They're four and one. Josh yeah. Allen, he's a good young quarterback. They just got smacked by the Titans last week. Tuesday night, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That kind of got screwed over with that Tuesday night matchup. Um, just because the way the schedule worked, they were stuck playing last week, which I guess is fine, whatever. But then the Titans actually had like an extra week to prepare because their game got rescheduled from last week. So, I mean, I'm not putting too much stock into that because like, they didn't look good at all. Let's just start there. Like, they, they got wrecked. 
This man, uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry, tossed Josh, uh, Josh Norman. I didn't even know oh, Josh Norman goodness. was still in the league until I saw that play. <laughs> I never. I'm like, grown man threw him to the ground. Man, but besides that, like they actually held their own in terms of uh, Derrick Henry. He didn't do too much, but Tannehill was out there, you know, dinking and dunking his way down the field chunk yardage a little bit using his legs as well and that defense just didn't have any answers for what the titans wanted to do offensively it was kind of really surprising because i thought buffalo would uh go out and win that game but obviously that was not the case i definitely yeah. long, long term though uh for their season i do like buffalo obviously the nfc east you got to go through new england so that's going to be a tough uh road for them but I love Josh Allen. He's been balling out this year. Um, the Diggs addition has been huge, and we were talking about fantasy earlier. I don't Stephon think anybody, Diggs. yeah, I don't think anybody had Stephon Diggs playing this well, um, fantasy wise. Can't believe like, we were out here <laughs> drafting Adam Thielen over Stephon Diggs. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. So I mean, Brandon, you know their schedule they've had so far. They had the Jets, Dolphins. Rams, Raiders, um, those last two are much better W's than the first two, but I think I think they're contenders, but it's going to be tough for them um, to come out the AFC because the AFC is actually sneaky good this year. I, I shouldn't say sneaky good because, you know, they, we got, you obviously got the Chiefs and teams like that, but I think generally the NFC has always been better. But this year I think it's a little bit switched. The AFC is – to me looking like the stronger conference yeah i would say it's cyclical you know i I think the bills i will say this uh i think we need to take that last game with a grain of salt like the bills had three turnovers in that game and anytime you have three you lose a turnover battle three to zero it's gonna be tough um it's the nfl you you can't do that shit man like everybody's good like the the error for margin is so slim in the NFL that you can't be gifting people turnovers and points. Um, so I, I will say I have concerns about their – we talked about scheduling. I have concerns about the Bills' schedule moving forward um, in terms of they're, they're going to really have to figure some shit out because they don't have time to be – to have a slump. Uh, they play the Chiefs next week on Monday Night Football. Yep. Um, then they get, they get a gift and play the Jets. We can go ahead and chop that up as a dub. The key for the Bills, I think, um, which is always huge, is once this weather takes a turn for the worse, nobody's gonna want to play in Buffalo. So exactly. <laughs> they play. They gotta be. They gotta find a way to split with the Patriots. Um, if they find a way to split the Patriots one-one, I think they win that division. Um, they they play the Seahawks though. Like, dude, they play the Chiefs. They play the Seahawks. Like, they play the 49ers. I know the 49ers are hurt right now, but they still are a good team. They play the Steelers, like, and then the Patriots twice. This is not an easy schedule by no means. I do think they're going to have some, like, for example, this is what I'm talking about with weather. They play the, 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 well, I don't know why they did this to them. The Chargers have to go play the Bills at Oof. Buffalo on November 29th. <laughs> go ahead and mark that as an L. Go ahead and mark that as an L. There's no one on San Diego's team is going to want to fucking go or L.A., wherever they are, go to Buffalo <laughs> on November 29th. Fuck freezing, that. You live in L.A. for a reason. Yeah. 
(laughs) Go ahead and mark that as a quick dub for the Bills. So, and I think that too goes into like, I I think the Bills are real. Um, They really need to make a strong push and try and get home field advantage. Like, if they can find a way to get teams to come to Buffalo, to Buffalo, like during the playoffs, that will be a tough out for anybody. Yeah, definitely. Definitely need that home field. Um, I think that schedule is actually looking pretty tough. The Chiefs next week, that'll be a messy game for me because I want to see how the Chiefs bounce back after um, that L to the Raiders. Both teams need a dub after taking L's this week. But going uh, playing against the Seahawks coming up in three weeks, that's going to be another good matchup. You know, they go to San, Fran- San Francisco, who hasn't looked all that great, but um, it can be a sneaky trap game type of thing going from east to west coast. Um, I do like their – I do think they can win the division if they do end up splitting with New England. Um, make some noise. The way Josh Allen's playing, like, um, yeah, they're definitely real to me. You you can get them in the playoffs and struggle. Uh, struggle yeah, man. Yeah, just a be tough team. Tough <laughs> just a tough team, man. Like Josh Allen, his who he is as a player is like what that team embodies, man. And it's just pure toughness. Like yeah. that guy, I have so much respect for that guy. Like anybody that goes to uh, play college football in Wyoming, Wyoming. Do have you ever been there? No, I've not been to Wyoming yet. <laughs> I've been to Wyoming. Like- I've been to Wyoming several times. I've been in Wyoming several times, and I'm not proud to admit that. Right? <laughs> there's this little place. There's a place. You know what Wyoming is known for? This is how you know it's a shit state. There's a place, the most pop, one of the most popping places that one can go in Wyoming is called Little America. Little America <laughs> is what it's called. It's off the highway, and it's there's signs for days. Go to Little America. Ain't shit in Little America. <laughs> Not a goddamn thing. It's a gift shop. Oh my gosh. Wyoming. Like... Anybody who can go, anybody who goes there to play football and deals with that wind, deals with that cold, deals with being in fucking Wyoming for college. No disrespect. I have some people on this podcast that went there. Good for you guys. Can't be me. I don't know how he did it. And then he's the perfect guy to go to another place that is absolutely shitty buffalo new york (laughs) but it's a huge upgrade this guy went from wyoming to buffalo new york and was like this shit is cracking it is popping out here (laughs) he's thrilled he's the perfect quarterback to lead that team uh good job buffalo on getting it right shout outs to y'all it's a little weird seeing teams like the bills good you know like our entire it, it lives, doesn't make sense they have not been good <laughs> it you doesn't know? make sense <laughs> so i mean good for them good for them and their fans that they're finally able to put together a team that can you win a game every week but it's just from a outside fan perspective you know it's, it's so weird. strange it's, it's so strange <laughs> it's so strange being like yeah buffalo is a contender like what? <laughs> if Buffalo wins a fucking Super Bowl before the Atlanta Falcons, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it's tough. Uh, all right, man. Uh, last see, question. Might be able to beat you on uh, heartbreak when you're going to four straight and losing. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. One last question, and we can be done with NFL, man. 
All right, so who is your Super Bowl winner? If you had to pick a team right now to win the Super Bowl, who are you picking and why? Right now, Super Bowl winner. Man, this is really a toss-up to me, but the two best teams in the NFC to me have been the Packers and Seahawks. Um, Obviously, (laughs) as a Bears fan, I can't bring myself to pick the Packers, even though they look ridiculous. (laughs) They look ridiculous right now. Um, Seattle also looks very good. Defensively, they could be a bit better. But if Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind, um, Super Bowl or MVP level um, quarterback, he's already he obviously done it before once. Um, excuse me, made it to two Super Bowls, done it twice, but only won once. So we'll see. I think I think I'll go Seattle. That's my Super Bowl winner. I mean, you gotta go if out of the AFC. I think the Chiefs could definitely be there. Obviously, with Mahomes. The Steelers have looked really good. Um, they have the defense that can cause some problems. So Super Bowl pick, I'll go Seahawks Steelers um, with Russell Wilson and the winning um, Super Bowl MVP and your MVP. Interesting, interesting. I I am going to agree with you with the Steelers or not the Steelers pick. Excuse me, with Russell Wilson. Um, best quarterbacks win the games, man, and he is looking like. It's him and Pat Mahomes. So I'm going to take the easy route, and I'm going to go Seahawks and Chiefs. But Russell Wilson's just been absolutely phenomenal this season, man. He's he's third in the league in passing yards at 1,500. 1,500. We just said that Baker Mayfield had 907. This man has 1,500 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, which is leading only three interceptions, and he's completing 73% of his passes. He is unbelievable. Like, absolutely unreal. On the road, he's completing 80% of his passes so far this year. I, I When he carved up the Falcons and then carved up the Cowboys, I was like, yeah. I, I've known how good Russell Wilson is, obviously, but, like, he's that dude. He He's a monster. But uh, I'm going to say Mahomey goes back to back. Goes back to back. Cue to Drake. Cue the Drake on the soundtrack. <laughs> He's going back to back. The Drake and me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the drink and me going back to back. Yeah, I'm going back to back. They're, they're still not in consideration during my free agency because uh, I just don't. I just, no, absolutely not. You won't be catching me wearing red and yellow. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I mean, coming to Missouri, like I never even like thought the Chiefs were an afterthought to me Dang, as an NFL man. team, you know. But then going to school in Missouri, meeting all these so Chiefs fans, even our boy uh, Cameron, diehard. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm. I guess I'm happy that they're good because like I never had any ill will towards the Chiefs. Um, obviously, watching my homes win Super Bowls and stuff, and be the best quarterback in the league kind of hurts coming from where the Bears are. Um, but, you know, no no ill will towards the Chiefs. They're, they're a great team. Andy Reid, I'm happy for a lot because I was a big Donovan McNabb fan and felt like that team deserved the Super Bowl, at least one Super Bowl. So I'm happy Andy Reid's able to get one and hopefully some more in his future. But, yeah, they're, they're, looking, they're looking pretty tough offensively. Wow, Defensively, um, they've never – 
They've never been that good of a defense to me, but they have defensive. They make big plays defensively. So, like, they'll come up with a big interception, a big fumble, a big sack. But in terms of, like, stopping you throughout the game, I never never saw that, which, you know, they don't necessarily need because you got Mahomes and those boys on the other side throwing all over the place. So, I think it's going to come down to how good that, Defense, how much their offense could carry, lack, make up for their defense's lack of like shutting oh, teams sure. down. You know, there are very few people in sports that come around that a team can galvanize around a team, a player that just inspires hope. No matter what's going on in the game, because you have this guy, you feel like you can always win a game. And those dudes just don't yeah. exist in, in sports too often. Like. And I would say Pat Mahomes is that fucking guy, man. It doesn't matter what's going on in the game. You just know it can, at any point in time, this man can make a play, and next thing you know, boom, touchdown. Like, I haven't seen anything like it. Like, he's, <laughs> I just, for him to be this young and to be this good, that's crazy. He's unreal, man. It's so, he's un- so early in his career. He's, so I early, without, I think it's him and Russell Wilson. In my opinion, it's it's Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Those three like look fantastic. Yeah. They're having great seasons. We'll see what happens. Um, it must be nice. It must be nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to your point, this is year three of Pat Mahomes three, as a starter. Year three. That's what's insane to me. He's the man's twenty five years old. 25 years old and got a whole career ahead of him and he's already this good. I'm league MVP super scared for the rest of the NFL. And he's in year three, man. Yeah. He is a problem for everyone. Um, Chiefs fans, don't you go out here. Don't you fucking turn into uh, these Boston fans, okay? Don't you turn into these ungrateful (laughs) fan bases. And now that you've got a quarterback, now that you think you can win all the time and just start taking these small things for granted, don't you fucking do it. I can't stand. <laughs> yeah. the, I cannot stand some of these fucking fans that think, oh, this is just going to be like this forever because it has been. That's Man, that's what these uh, Patriots fans are going through right now. You know, no Brady, but they've been winning with uh, – They've been winning with Cam so far. Belichick's still there. Obviously, the machine's going to run and run pretty well, it looks like. So. It's too early. To <laughs> they're always going to think it's – they're always going to think, nope, they're in it. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, personally, I like I like their team, but we'll see what uh, – I don't see All it right, happening. I like me some Cam Newton, but – I don't see it either. I think they have a really good defense, but – this is what happens when you don't draft a wide receiver. They got Nikhil Harry. I can't say he's a good wide receiver. But they just – I just don't see it. Like, yeah. offensively, I don't see them – I didn't see it last year. I don't see it now. Like, I just feel like they, they're they a team that's going to depend on strong defensive play and then making key plays on the offensive side of the ball. But, like, if they get into a shootout, I just don't know. Um, I, I just don't know. But we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. Uh in my opinion, I hope uh, I hope you Patriots fans go. I want you guys to enjoy a nice mediocre seven and one. That's that's what I want for you guys. 
I want you guys to see how it feels to just see how it feels to just be around hovering around that 500 mark all season. Middle of the pack, yeah. I don't want you to luck into getting a top pick. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve that at all. You need to be no. right in the mix of like sitting at three, four spots out of the playoffs and just enjoy watching. Exactly. Enjoy watching like the rest of us. And enjoy watching the, the rest of the playoffs on the sideline, at home, on your couch, lip poked out, wishing, watching Tom Brady win playoff games in, in Tampa. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be, I'm sure they'd be happy, but yeah, they, I'm sure, they'd definitely oh, yeah. be sick oh, yeah. watching so that. Last thing I want to talk about, we can wrap this be. thing up. So, college football is also happening this weekend. Um, I already talked about my Miami Hurricanes. I hope they bounce back against Pitt. Um, but there's only one other – I'm not say other, like everybody else watches these dudes. There's only one game, really, that everyone in college football is, has their eyes on this week, and that is Alabama versus Georgia, number two versus number three. Some news happened the other day. Um, St. Nick, St. Nick got COVID, so blessing to him. Hopefully he recovers quickly. Uh, but with that being said, he is asymptomatic, um, so that's good for him. Uh, but he won't be coaching in this game. Um, we have uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian uh, coaching the Alabama Crimson Tide in this game. The last time we saw Sark uh, coach, as a, uh, last time we saw him as a head coach um, coaching a team, he was being fired at the airport because he showed up to a game drunk. <laughs> is that USC? <laughs> so welcome back, welcome oh back, goodness. Big Sark. Leave the bottle at home. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, so I, I think this will be interesting, man. Like I, I love college football. I've been watching. I think this is a tale of two completely different teams when we look at this game. Georgia's yes. defense has been unbelievable. They have been suffocating people. They're flying all over the field. They have multiple, multiple. When I say multiple, they have probably at least 10 guys on their defense that are going to the NFL, and they're going to actually play. Like, they are, they are absolutely stacked defensively, and it shows. Yeah. And on the flip side, Alabama offensively, big Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac yeah, Jones. Going crazy. This guy is balling, man. Like, he is <laughs> – he was not a lot of hype around him. Like, they, they don't have Tua. They don't have the Jalen Hurts. But this guy is looking like a Heisman contender. They went last week against Ole Miss. Their defense was absolutely abysmal. They have to figure that out. Ole Miss is rolling offensively. This is the second yeah. time they put up, like, 600 yards on someone. But Alabama oh last goodness. week in their matchup against Ole Miss, Big Mac Jones through for over 400 yards, man. He is slinging it around. He's absolutely balling. Um, let me pull up the stat sheet. He was 20, <laughs> this is unreal. He was 28 of 32 for 417 yards and two touchdowns. He had four passes hit the <laughs> dirt, people. Four passes. This oh season, goodness. Mac Jones, in limited action in three games, is 66 for 83. 
He's completing 79.5% of his passes, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception. His quarterback rating is 220. He is looking like Joe Burrow out here. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Three games. That's three games. This is a video game number. Uh, dude, this is NCAA football 2000, 20, 2010. <laughs> Shit, what are we doing here? Their running back had two – Najee Harris last game had 23 carries for 206 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. The leading receiver, no, Devontae no Smith. defense in that game. <laughs> the leading receiver, Devontae Smith, had 13 receptions, 164 yards, and a touchdown. And they also had another last year with 100. They got Jalen Waddle there doing Jalen Waddle <laughs> going crazy. Jalen Waddle had six for 120. They did whatever <laughs> they wanted to do offensively against Ole Miss. I can't believe it. Looking at this stat sheet, it doesn't look real. There is going to be a rude awakening this week. I think <laughs> I think there's gonna be Georgia, a rude awakening, man, because Georgia. Defense, Georgia defensively is balling. You saw, you saw the second half of that Tennessee game. They, they were all over down. the place. Shut oh my. them down. It was 21-17 at half. They yep. complete goose eggs the rest of the way. They locked them up. They like, didn't score at all in the second half. Listen to this. Georgia has the number one rushing defense in the country. Um, Henry, you want to take a guess how many rushing yards Tennessee had last week? Hmm. Let's say 86. 86. That's that's a pretty good number, you know? Hold a team to 86 rushing yards, not bad. How about this? Georgia held Tennessee 27 rushes, negative one yard for the whole game. <laughs> one yard. They had negative oh one yards rushing against Georgia <laughs> in this game. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is insane. That's just complete shutdown. I don't know what you want to do. Like, you you can't win a game. <laughs> Negative one yard? No. It's hard it's, not it's... to laugh when you see this. Like, how is this possible? They ran the ball 27, 27 times and went backwards. I don't think I've ever seen a God. team hold another top 25 team to less than one yard rushing. They... They defied the odds. Somehow, this defense, <laughs> this defense is unbelievable. It's they're stacked. Um, they also in this game, Georgia forced two turnovers. Um, I'm pretty sure their defense scored twice. Their defense is holding them down because offensively, yeah. they're not looking good. No. They're not S- looking good. Stetson, <laughs> this man. Name's Stetson. Nah. Stetson. Stetson Bennett. Let's talk a little about Stetson Bennett. Um, Stetson Bennett was a walk-on originally at Georgia a few years ago. Um, he walked on. He got a preferred walk-on spot. He then goes to junior college. And then in junior college, he graduates, comes back to Georgia this year. And now this man goes from walk-on to starting quarterback. The story is amazing. The player, not so much. He's playing. (laughs) Stetson Bennett is doing okay. He's doing okay. But he is not going. It's going to be very difficult in this game. Stetson Bennett so far this season, it's 53 of 84. He's only thrown the ball 84 times. He's completed 63 of his passes for 689 yards and five touchdowns. 
over three games. Uh, just put that into comparison's sake. I just said Mac Jones threw for over 400 yards last game. This guy has 680 for the season. Georgia's trying to run the ball down mm-hmm. people's throats. They're trying to line up. This is what they want to do. They want to physically dominate you. They want to just take the will away from their opponents. But offensively, they're not executing at a high level. When you look at this, they ran the ball 50 times against Tennessee. 50 times against Tennessee, which is outrageous. And they averaged 3.9 yards a carry. That's rough. You look at it and you go, oh, they rushed for 193 yards. Not too bad. But 3.9 yards a carry is not good. That is not good, especially in college. you got to do better. Um, The combination between the lack of quarterback play, the lack of a real run game, is very concerning when you're playing Alabama who, like, as good as your defense is, these guys are going to score points. Yeah. It's in Tuscaloosa as well. Um, Georgia, you got to show up offensively. The defense can only carry them so much. Yeah. This reminds me of that year. um, I think it was, like, what, 2014, 2015? Georgia, Alabama in the, not the NCAA championship, but the SEC championship. Yep. And Georgia's defense was playing outrageous. Uh, shutting Alabama down, but eventually Alabama was able to make a few plays, end up getting their dub. Offensively, they couldn't do nothing that game. So eventually, you know, you're going to have to make some plays offensively. Bama's defense has been a little leaky this year, maybe outside the norm. Maybe and even without Nick Saban, you know, they might slip up here and there. But I think you, you gotta you got to put up some points because it looks like Mac Jones and those guys are going to be ready. They're going to see – Georgia's going to see an offense they haven't seen uh, this year. Uh, I'll tell you that. Um, Nick Saban, Alabama's Alabama, man. They do what they do. Um, and yeah. Georgia, I uh, hope you put your big boy pants on. You're going to need them. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I'm going full tie roll in this one. Um, Alabama, this, right now the spread is minus four and a half. Um, I was going to say, what's the spread? I don't know if I, I would bet money on this game. I just don't know, especially with Nick Saban not being there coaching. Like, it just feels weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, honestly, I, I actually like that four and a half. Um, just the – I think we can give them three and a half at home in general and then the extra point just because they're favorites. So, I, I like that four and a half. I'll take, I'll take Alabama four and a half in that game. If I was betting on this game, the one that I would take, the over-under is at 56. I would take the over on that. I would take <laughs> yeah. the over on that. I think when you see these top teams match up, I guess uh, Clemson and Ohio State last year in the playoff was one of those weird ones where it was like 29-23. But like yeah. most of the time when these, team, when these top teams play, the offense prevails, and they find a way mm-hmm. to score. So I would take the over if I was going to put money on this game. But I think Alabama's going to win. Roll Tide roll. Yeah, definitely. Um, can't even say they're better coached this week, but Alabama at home, um, coming off a huge week offensively, going up against a bad offense but really good defense. I like the home team in this one, four and a half. I'll say final score. We're going to do that. I'll go 31-23 final score. 31-23. Wow, that puts them under the spread or under the points. That's that's fifty four. 
Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Alabama 38, Georgia 27. 38-27. 38-27. Yeah. Um, this is one of those weird times, and we'll wrap this up in a few seconds, but this is one of those weird times, man. I wish I was a baseball fan. I really, truly do. Uh, <laughs> it seems like the Braves are on their way to a World Series appearance. Um, and I have some Braves apparel. I do. I have some hats, some old school hats. Um, I used to like the Braves. John Smoltz and Greg Maddox when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but I was scarred with baseball. I, I was scarred, people. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a story, and we can wrap this up. But it, people ask me why I don't watch baseball, and here's why. So when I was a kid, um, my dad was basically training me to be an athlete my whole life. And um, when uh, I was about eight, nine years old, my dad realized I was pretty good at sports. So he wanted to push my limits. He wanted to see what can I do. And he was the kind of guy who talked shit to me the whole time I did it, right? He would be, <laughs> even though he saw me doing well, he would just constantly just neg me and just fucking we're playing basketball he fucking blocks my shot every time like he's that guy so we're in the backyard i love my dad to death we're in the backyard he buys me a baseball bat we're i'm like he starts off tossing me the ball nice and slow and you know i'm like oh this is this is not bad i'm hitting the ball i'm like this is pretty simple i, I can definitely do this so that lasts all of about five minutes and then he backs up he goes, all right, now let's actually play. He backs up about five, ten yards from me. And then I'm standing in front of our fence. We had a wire fence. He starts throwing fastballs as hard as he can <laughs> possibly throw. I'm nine <laughs> years old. And he's throwing fastballs as hard as he could possibly throw. Had to be like at least 60, 70 miles an hour. Like my dad was a really good athlete. Like this man's letting him fucking rip. And I'm shaking. Oh I'm God. standing there just fucking shaking. Like I'm about to start crying. I'm like, yo, calm down. I'm like, what are we doing? And he, <laughs> in my dad fashion, he goes, don't run from the ball. Don't be a little baby. Stay in there and hit the ball. Watch the ball. So I'm like wiping <laughs> off my tears. I take my stance. He throws me another fastball. I basically just close my eyes. I swing. The ball hits my thumb. Hits my thumb. I drop the bat. I instantly start crying. My finger swells up. It's purple. I basically broke my thumb. And <laughs> I never played or watched baseball ever again after that. Ever again, oh he scarred me for life. I was done with it. <laughs> <laughs> baseball. I don't, shout out to those guys that can get hit by a ball and keep going. I it just, I just could not do it. Could not do it. I have better <laughs> things to do. <laughs> so, oh man! So that's why I don't watch the Braves. Like, but um, it, I will be tuning in. They're what they're playing the Dodgers right now. I think they're up eight two. So. I'll be tuning in yeah. to the rest of these baseball games so um, in hopes that I, I can just feel like a little bit of like what it what it feels like to kind of have a championship. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like they're going to get it done this year, at least get to the World Series. I know, like, did they have that crazy long playoff streak, like 18 straight years or something like that? It's pretty ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially in baseball. Yeah, no, like, of course. 
12 teams make the playoffs each year. That's pretty exclusive. It is. <laughs> it is. It just means yeah, something. But yeah. It means more. <laughs> it means more. Um, yeah. Well, it's I'm definitely not. a tough memory. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, would, not, would not be a fan of baseball either after that. Yeah. He was trying to toughen me up, and uh, instead he made me resent the game that we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, I will be a homework. I'm going to be a, a fair weather fan here and jump on the Braves bandwagon. Let's go, Braves. Um, I normally end on uh, something a little bit more dire. Um, so I have I actually do. I have one last thing I want to share with you guys. Uh, and I think this will be a great way to end this show. Uh, Texas, University of Texas lost to Oklahoma this past week. And um, I found something absolutely fantastic to read to you guys, if I can find it. Um, Let's see here. Here we go. Here we go. These Texas fans are heated. They want Tom Herman (laughs) gone. They want oh, Tom Herman gone. So I'm going to read this. This is from, I want to give credit where credit is due. This is from 247 Sports, uh, Texas Longhorn website. Let me read this to you oh, guys. Things change. Tom Herman is the problem, period. Based on the words of Texas coaches, Herman has been willfully insubordinate. Trying to Ooh. pin or deflect this dysfunction onto Texas AD Chris Del Conte, President Jay Hartzell, and the Texas Board of Regents, or most importantly, the University uh, Texas football players, is nothing more than a classic scapegoating from Tom Herman because of his lack of leadership. Make no mistake, the real losers here are the players, the fans, the alumni, dragged needlessly into this drama primarily because of no one man's because of one man's shortcomings. As I've said before, I believe Herman's lack of leadership is a combination of his own personal hubris, underestimating his own uh, capacity as a coach, and thereby his team's in part inability to lead and communicate a consistent, clear, positive fashion. (laughs) This man went off. Went off. He's he proceeds. Is it bizarre? Is it a bizarre scheme to preserve as much of Tom Herman's buyout as possible? Is it an attempt to soil <laughs> soil enough discord within the athletic department and university to somehow stymie the possible possible attempt to lure Urban Meyer? I can't answer that. They are trying to get this man out of town <laughs> and bring in Urban Meyer. Texas fans have had enough. He needs to be gone today. They are pissed man. off. And firing season will be continued. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been the most like eloquent, like thrashing of a head coach I've ever heard. That was by like a pretty... sports article. That was by a, a sports writer. So he had I was gonna he, say he had to keep a professional. He had to keep a professional. <laughs> but I I will keep doing some digging. I will keep trolling the Texas websites to see if I can find uh some good hate, some I understand. Um loving to share with you guys so that we can all laugh in their misery because we've all been there. Uh, Texas fans, it's rough times. It's rough times right now. Sixth Street is closed. (laughs) Sixth Street in Austin is closed. The city is a shell of itself having to deal with the incompetence of this head coach who just doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. 
Yeah. Winter is right <laughs> around the corner. Winter is right around the corner. And it is firing season. You might as well go ahead and get this done as quickly as possible. There's no need to drag this on anymore. Join the boat of firings. Dan Quinn, Bill O'Brien, soon to be Tom Herman, maybe Adam Gaze. May you rest in coaching heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for y'all to go to sleep. We've had enough. Get them out. Texas fans, I understand. All right, man. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. Henry, thank you for ha- coming on, man. I, uh, it's always a good time rocking with you. Yeah, yeah appreciate we'll it, man. this again, my guy. Any yes, last, definitely. Any last shout-outs that you want to give? Oh, man. A shout-out to you for starting this pod. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I had more fun than I thought it would. Uh, so <laughs> definitely think uh, about coming back. Uh, also, special shout-out. We didn't get into NBA talk, but my guy, JB, Jimmy Butler, man. Really put on. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, so obviously got love for Jimmy Butler. Watching him in the finals was uh, it was pretty special seeing what he was able to do against LeBron. You know, so even though they didn't win, still took made some tough games out of them. Took them six, and he was just hooping, hooping big time. So shout out Jimmy Butler. Absolutely, shout out to Jimmy Butler. Shout out to Big Bron on number four. Um, well, I'm sure we'll. I'll have the gang on to. We can all chat about uh, just NBA, give our thoughts on LeBron's fourth ring. Um, but sh- shit, the turnaround is right around the corner, man. The NBA will be yeah. back in a few weeks. Like They'll be back in less than eight, ten weeks. So um, we'll get back into some NBA talk soon. I want to give a special shout-out. Um, I, I want to say uh, rest in peace to Vaughn McClure. He was an ESPN Atlanta Falcons uh, sports writer. Um, growing up, being a Falcons fan, I used to go on ESPN and read his articles constantly on the team to get all my information. Um, and uh, I saw that in the news today. Um, and man, I, you hate to see it. He was 48 years old, uh, May. Young, yeah. Very young. Very young. Um, condolences to him and his family. Um, may he rest in peace. Thank you for all that you did on this planet. Um, you. Even with people that you don't know, you influenced a lot of people. Um, hate to see anyone, especially a black male, male with family, die at a young age of 48. So rest in peace to him. And I hope everyone out there uh, continues to stay safe, continues to be blessed, keep going after your goals, keep chasing them, get to the money, get to the grind. Let's do this together. If anybody ever wants to join the pod, just hit me up. And yo, come on, man. As simple as that. Look, none of this is rehearsed. None of this is scripted. We get on here, we rock. (laughs) Pod is available on Apple and Spotify, um, as well as SoundCloud as well. And one last thing, apologies for that last episode. The editing was trash on my end. It was bad. And uh, (laughs) I do that. I own that. I apologize to my boy Reese for cutting him off in all the dead spots. It was not good. We're going to get it together. We're trying to get better every week, but uh, everyone, that, everyone that comes and hangs out, listen to the pod. We appreciate y'all. Subscribe, like, all that good shit. Um, and with that said, man, we're out of here. They say time heals. Don't go build a life without me, because you're mine still. Oh.
face. Pretty tender. But pretty taught me ugly lessons. Pretty at me giving more than I was getting. So pretty don't come with something where then I did it. Shame to tell my friends how much I do for you. Cause they know that you would never do the same for me. I wasn't looking for your secrets, they just came to me. And they contradicted everything you claim to be. I took you to the club and you hugged on somebody that I know. And I know them type of hugs. Same shit I do to women when I know I used to fuck. And I know they with they nigga, but they never brought it up. I'm down these days. Down to do better, cause you know I done enough. You should lay it down, we'll talk about it when you up. But she don't wanna go to sleep, she angry. Lately she been noticing he ain't me. I wish that we can change places. Don't want no new, new faces. She got my heartbeat racing. They say time heals. Don't go build a life without me, cause you mine still. And I don't wanna go unless you make me. Down on my knees, hoping you take me. Better tell that nigga you mine. Heard you been trying to tie the knot. Girl, tell me you lie. Let me be that pussy up one more time. Let me be that pussy up one more time. I know that you think for this. I know that you did not forget. So don't go to sleep. And she don't want to go to sleep. She angry. Lately, she been noticing he ain't me. I wish that we can change places. Don't want no new, new faces. She got my heartbeat racing. They say time heals. Don't go build a life without me, cause you're mine still. Uh, and I don't wanna go unless you make me. Lately, I've been gone, I'm feeling crazy. Yeah, I'm from the bricks, we got a whole lot of bricks, you got a whole lot of tricks, and I wanna see what you do with them.